Oh, got her in the bathroom. Perfect. Danny, come on up. We're going to come up here. and we're, Are you going to go get her? You can go get her. Uh-oh. It's just me and you, buddy. Now what are we going to do? <laughs> so you kind of got an introduction to him already. How many, how many know who Gary is? Gary and Lisa are? Well, not a, not a lot of people. Half of people know. Are they being shy? I can't tell. Here. You're going to sit here. We're, our goal, you guys, is to get these ladies to share as much as possible today. So you're going to encourage them. So give a hand for Lisa and Gary. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> hey, wait. Uh, hello. Hello. Am I good? Um, uh, Bobby and Penelope, real quick. I'm sorry, Lisa. It's an inside joke. Lisa and I had a cool exchange in the kitchen last night. Uh, God has you right where he wants you. I know you know this. And you can't miss this. We have hundreds of seasons in life. I mean, you guys don't have that many left. But this season is a season of waiting in your heart and learning to do that really well at a deeper level. And I know you've had to, but he's, he has you here for that purpose. And that well, you'll know when it's released. I mean, you're just going to know that you know that you know. Your heart will tell you, but you're right where you're supposed to be. And I'm just like, God kept telling me that all last night and this morning. So that's good. Amen? All right. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So our goal is to give the mics to the girls and see what God does. So are you guys ready for this? So, God, we just bless the gifts that are in these people right now, God. I just thank you, God. You put gifts in us to activate your body, to get your bride to come alive. And these gifts, we put a demand on the gifts that you put right now. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission to change us from the inside out. Be, make it so powerful, so good that we can never go back again in Jesus' name. Amen? No pressure. <laughs> I'm so happy that Lisa is here. I mean... She is a world changer. She is a voice that needs to be heard. Just driving with her in the car for like two hours yesterday, I found like my second soulmate, you know. She's my new BFF. Sorry, guys. I'm going to claim her as my own. But she has so much wisdom and so much strength. I'm just like, she just, she just needs to talk. I'm serious because things change. Things shift. Even when we were going through our hardest times a couple years ago, she came and she just sat. And she listened, and she was there. And just her comfort and her wisdom and her strength, just it changed everything for me. So um, just welcome Lisa. Give her a hand because she's, she's so awesome. Yeah, I, I just, coming here this morning, it is just so peaceful, and there's, um, I know it's been really, really, really difficult, and I know you've all paid a price for wherever you are right now, and I know you guys have paid a huge price, and, but there's something really special here, and believe it, I don't say those things, and I don't, like Rachel knows, I don't throw words around, words are really important, and they hold a lot of authority, but there is... There's family here, and I think what the season that we're in right now is a season where people are, are feeling a lot of depression and anxiety and fear about the future and unknowns, and I think all that God's really saying is it's okay to grieve 
the past. And it's okay to grieve anything that was precious to you, anything that was sacred to you deserves a season of grief. And I think a lot of what people think is depression or anxiety really is just a grief that is a righteous, holy thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not something we run from. And to sit in that and to see what the Lord is saying in it, that's actually where our, our authority comes from, is the overcoming of those seasons. And it takes us into a season of gratitude. And I am overwhelmed with gratitude right now. I am overwhelmed with this, the, the fact that this learning center is on this property is the core of what this, this body is about. Because it, it is not a daycare center, it is not a school. These children are not just coloring. These, these are the motherless, fatherless of our nation all around us all the time, even those that have mothers and fathers, because we're a little absent in our hearts and our spirits and our minds right now. And this center is the holiest thing that you guys could do. You are, I was, for those of you that don't know, I was widowed when I was 25 and I was a single mom for five years and then I was stalked by this gentleman <laughs> and, and had the honor of, of raising his three boys and my two girls and then having another one together and then we lost our son eight years ago, nine years ago almost, to uh, suicide. And I just finished my memoir and um, it was really excruciating to write because there's things you don't want to think about let alone write about, let alone share with other people. But at the end of writing this journey that I've gone through for these decades of, of pain is this feeling of gratitude. Like, I'm so thankful for that 25-year-old widow. I'm so thankful that I got to raise my girls after their dad died. I'm so thankful for lonely nights because about two weeks ago, I was on my path of um, working out, not eating any carbs, like oh, yes. writing constantly, <laughs> like organizing my house, and I was in my mode, and this beautiful man said, hey, let's, we gotta go to the bank. All right, so I put on a dress and we went to the bank, and then he said, let's go downtown. And I was like, it's Tuesday. <laughs> like, I, we can't go downtown on Tuesday. And then he was like, I really want oysters. And I was like, we live in Colorado, it's landlocked. Like, <laughs> why would you eat oysters there, right? Like, you eat steak in Colorado. And he was just like, I really want to go downtown. I really want to have a glass of wine with you. And I was like, carbohydrates, sugar, yes. I know, you're toxic <laughs> oysters. <laughs> like, I'm not going to finish my closet and I have another chapter <laughs> that's due. And, I, and the Lord was like, look to your left. And I looked to my left and there's this beautiful man sitting next to me. And he said, remember when you didn't have a husband? Remember when that seat was empty? Remember when you were in that seat? And he said, remember when Tuesday and Friday and Wednesday always looked the same? And he said, go eat oysters with your husband and have a glass of wine and have fun, even though it's Tuesday. And you know what's crazy is everything got done. And it was one of the best nights of our life. And I think that that is the season we're all in is what is in front of you right now? What is to the left of you? What is to the right of you? And what I see here is children. And this is what matters. I see multi-generations. I see everyone coming together for one common cause, to bring family back 
and to advance the kingdom of God. And it is through the personality that God gave you, and it's also through all the pain that you've overcome. It will not be wasted. It will not be wasted. It brings more depth of gratitude of the simplest things of life when you get on the other side of that. And I think that you all are right on the other side of it more than you realize because there's just a peace in this house. That's all I see. You have so much courage. Like, you honestly have so much courage in you. Like, just you speaking and just you being, you, everything you say, you live. Like, there is no, like, gray areas with you. I just, I know you. Like, I, very black and white. You are very black and white, and that's what I love about you. But being that courageous is scary and vulnerable. I mean, to do that, to put yourself out there like that. Um, so writing your book, your novel, your, you know, your life story down, yeah. how, how much courage did that take to do? More than I had. I didn't have it. And I think we're all looking, um, I, I think the wave right now is to always look within you or to a therapist, or to, and there's nothing wrong with those things, but I think we're just, especially women are left really wanting right now because everyone's telling us if we just go get a pedicure, you know, it's just self-care. And, and then we get a pedicure and like, I don't actually really feel better about things in my life. Yeah. I feel as empty as I did earlier this morning. It is only with the connection with our creator. And that is, that is looking around. I mean, where you guys live helps. If you've been to Ohio, I'm from Michigan. It helps what you have here because the creation is busting out all the time. But the creation within you is also busting out all the time. And we're all, we're all looking like, if I could just be like Danny, if I could just prophesy like, like uh, Rachel, if I could just, if I, it isn't. Like, the Lord looked across the earth and said, oh, you know what the world needs right now? Benjamin. Yeah. It's just time for him. Yeah. It wasn't a mistake. I'm yeah. sorry, babe, you're in the hot seat today, but you got those cute pants on, and I just feel like you need to be seen. I love it. Because you look good, Right? But it's, that is how, like, there is just no mistake that this is the season that you're in. There's just no, there's no, God's not, what do you always say? God's not going to punt. Yeah, he He's not punt. freaking out. By the way, thank you for sending us your quarterback. It really helps. Yeah, thank you. Our <laughs> <laughs> Such a gift. Russell Wilson. Woo! Oh, we're, we're down from Denver, so we are, we are full Bronco fans. We have just orange and blue on underneath this, I swear. Yes! Yeah. Next month, we're orange and blue. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Please take time in, to grieve. When we flew in, we heard everybody going, Wilson! Yeah. Wilson! <laughs> sorry, we took it. I know. <laughs> we got your Seattle Seahawks quarterback, if you don't know. So. And he's a stud. Football's very important in our home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, just questions. Like, so it took you posturing yourself to be willing to write your story. Yes. And you feel like people are there right now. Yeah. So, Tom, how, what do you do to say to people that are, a lot of people are hiding their story? How do you, how do you get them to take that step? Because I'm pretty sure God's talking to them right now. Yeah. And so and that's, what, that's the thing that's highlighting to me right now. So, And I think another thing I'd like you to just talk about, it. Danny and I were talking about this, you are very aware when, both of you probably are very aware when something's harassing you. Mm. Uh, so when you're getting spiritual harassment, what does that look like? And how do you, like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Danny talked about it, but I feel like that's key because, yeah. Let me just explain. Sometimes you have these things that happen to you, especially when, say, life's going good. It's an amazing week, month, year. And then 
all of a sudden you, you get on this other side of this thing that felt so hard. As soon as you climb over the mountain and you're there, you're like, yes, Jesus has got my back. I got all this good stuff. Then this one thing comes in. And it's that one thing that just makes you blindsided. It makes you shaky. It scares the crud out of you. Like, you just feel like when this thing it yes. comes to you, whatever form it is, it makes you just so you can't see. It takes your vision away. It takes your voice away. Yeah. It just fills you with something that you're not. Yes. And that always seems to happen when it, you are right on the edge of something so amazing. Like writing a book. Like writing a book. Yes. Like pouring your life out, doing something that's a statement. When you're out there saying, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, then every dart and arrow comes mm -hmm. and hits you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I just was going to say that sometimes it just feels like things like that happen. And I've had things like that happen to me personally where I've been attacked, where I just like, bam, it hits me. So I think that that's not uncommon. It's not. And you can't get a restraining order for spirits, so you're kind of like. <laughs> I wish. I just I think there's so much. Yeah, think about that. There's so much doubt and fear that comes anytime we're vulnerable, mm -hmm. and this generation is awesome at being vulnerable. But I also think they maybe get naked too quickly in front of a crowd, and that's why I always surround myself with the younger generation because I learn way more from them than I do from a lot of the older generation. I feel like they're much more in touch with what's happening in the spirit. They're much more in touch with ha what's happening on the earth. And I wanna learn their language because I want to be able to encourage them. That's really my role as an older woman is encourage the younger generation. And I can't do that if I'm not listening to them. And I think because they have been exposed to so much and they have seen things since they were very small that have just attacked their spirit over and over and over again. And they're vulnerable and yet they're mighty. Yeah. And my big fear when I, uh, the first thing I did when I finished my book is I gave it to him, I gave it to um, all five of our living children. Only one, my daughter read it and he read it. And um, right away this like rejection thing like, my kids don't care, and they're, they're hurt, they're going to be angry. And I started thinking of all the worst-case scenarios. Yeah. And the Lord took me back to when I was 25, and I was first widowed. The church really was, um, my husband died in a bar. He had an addiction, and he, and he fell back into it. And he was a youth pastor, and we were always in ministry, and he was a really, really good man. But the church saw the way he died and focused on that, and they, they kind of rejected my daughters and I. And he said, did I carry you through that? Did I redeem that? Were the words that they said and the lies that they spoke able to stop you from being who you are? And he said, do you really think the words or judgments of anyone around you is going to stop me from using you for what I've called you to do? He's like, are you really going to let some little comment on one of your blogs totally derail your life? and miss someone that needs what you have to say. Right. But that courage didn't come from me, it came from him. Yeah. And anytime I look within me, I'm gonna sit in my chair and drink tea yeah. and think about the bad things. Yes. But when I look to him, then I remember rehearsing the miracles that he's given me and what he's done yeah. is what keeps me going forward. <laughs> She's saying demons really like me for some reason. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm like in the top three happiest moments of my life right now listening to you. Um, 
she walked out of the room the other day and she'd been writing this book um, begrudgingly and a lot of emotion for years. It feels like for me for a long time. And I said, she came out of the room and she's like, it's done. And I'm like, what? She said, the book is done. And I'm like, wow, how long did it take you to write that? She said, 51 years, shut up. And I'm like, okay. That's my wife and my bride. And, and, I, and I love it because, you know, what we've learned, uh, especially in losing uh, our son and the things we've walked in, and I know we got to talk about this a little a couple years ago when I was with you guys, is that, you know, pain, that pain is the greatest teacher. And when we sit in that pain and not anesthetize it and not push it away, and when we own it and we just sit in it and allow the Father to begin to father us, when Adam and Eve, you know, left the garden, and again, I'm a Ted... Hanson and Jonathan Hanson and Danny Fan, right? The gospel is Genesis 1 in Jesus' name. We have hope and God's a good, good father. And when we went out of the garden, he said, now I want you to create a space for me to come into. And so when I hear young people, old people, right? And they say to me, I just don't hear God right now. I'm not, I'm not encountering him. And I'm like, well, that's your issue because if you build a space, he will come. When we move, he moves, James says, right? And so every morning, what I've learned in that pain is to sit in it, right, and, and own it and allow it to start transforming my heart. But I have to cultivate that space for the Father to come. And I don't need the weekend. I don't need Tuesday night, although, come on, we party Tuesday night, right? I, I need every morning to work from that space of rest with Dad, with the Father. And when I can learn to do that, I, everything I do comes from rest. Right, And then people are attracted to that because we're supposed to be the most attractive, happy people on the planet. Like we know, we're supposed to be the biggest tippers on the planet. Right, Everybody, all of our kids that worked serving job never wanted to work on Sunday, right, because the Christians don't tip. We should be given double or triple, right? It's just we're the happiest, most amazing people on the planet. And I think what God wants to do tonight, uh, he told me this for you guys. It said Isaiah 32. Micah, you, Micah? Goodness gracious, son. You're not son, you're old, I know, but I'm with you. We gotta talk. Um, <laughs> Isaiah 32, he said this to me. He said uh, that the, the, the Father, God, the King, rules, reigns in righteousness, but his rulers rule in justice. Did you get it up there for me? Come on, boy. Thank you. We rule, it's the wrong version, guys. You screwed up, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Just kidding. The king, right? Isaiah is prophesying over King David and King Jesus. And he says, they, he rules, he reigns in righteousness. And you guys, as a life, rule in justice. You bring justice to the planet. You bring heaven now. As Andrew Shearman has told you many, many times, heaven is not the point, right? We're not here just to escape and get out of here. We're here to bring heaven to earth every single day. And every heart we meet needs to be transformed by us. Every single heart needs to be activated by us because that's how we rule on the planet now. And if you feel stuck, if you feel like, my gosh, and thank God, I guess we came in and the, they lifted the mask mandate. We have that much authority in Jesus' name, right? I, I wanna start, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. But I, I just feel like God wants to activate some of you guys to go, golly, man, I've been wallowing. I've been sitting in my crap and I'm not gonna do that any longer. 
I should be the happiest person on the planet. And it might be that you were just widowed. It might be that you just lost a child. It might be all those things. And what she said is really true. You get to sit in that grief and you get to own that grief and you get to say, when you can, when you finally can, you get to say, Dad, teach me what you're supposed to teach me in this so that I can learn this and be transformed by it so that I can transform others. Wounded people wound people, transform people transform people. And God loves to come and wound our wounds, people. He loves to come and just start touching those wounds. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, you don't get to do that. He's touching her wounds right now. You need to stop it over there. He does. He comes and he touches those wounds. And then we don't, I don't like that, God. And he goes, oh, you want healed? You want transformed? You got to allow me to wound those wounds. You got to allow me to bring those to exposure and bring those to the top. And I feel like he's doing that in a lot of your lives. He's just bringing stuff to the surface. And you can either... Go backwards in that and say, ugh, this is too ugly. I'm not touching this. Or you can go, come on. What are you trying? You got a porn addiction? Say, Father, what are you trying to teach me in my porn addiction? What are you trying to show me so that I can be transformed through this to transform others that are addicted? Right? What are you trying to teach me? We've got to switch our thinking, switch the way we live and say, bring it on, Father. This is so good for me. Right? The only time we learn anything is when we fail. Success doesn't do anything for us, especially in our second half of life, except just stroke our ego. I am on this planet to make others successful. The last thing I'm gonna say, I'm sorry, I'll turn it over. I, I, I love all these self-help guys, they're great, it's all junk, don't listen to it. No, I'm just kidding, it's awesome, but we get caught up, like I was watching Steve Harvey, I love Steve Harvey, right? But he said something the other day on, I, I love TikTok, okay? I'm gonna confess, I confess my sins, 1 John 1, 9, I'm forgiven. I love TikTok. Now, I gotta scroll quick sometimes, right? I can't look at all of it, but Steve Harvey's on there and he says, you know what you need to do if you wanna become rich? You need to ride first class every time you fly, even if you can't afford it. You've gotta switch your mindset. And the father instantly said to me, yes, he's right, ride in first class and then find somebody in the back that you need to give those seats to to help them come alive and to help them fi find that in themselves, right? We've gotta flip the kingdom upside down and just be kingdom people. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, preaching. Shaka. Yeah, please. I'm so glad you got to preach. You're going to sleep so good tonight. <laughs> so, so much. I, I think that, like, Danny, to go back also to what you're saying is um, when things come to the surface, we, right away we're like, I'm going, it's going backwards. I'm losing it again. It's going to happen again. And we start, like, panicking in yeah. that. And I now, as a 50-year-old woman with getting the mm, kicked out of me a few times, when things start to bubble to the surface, the, my first instinct as a human is to say, oh no, we're gonna lose everything again and I'm gonna lose another child and Gary's gonna die and I'm gonna, here we go, here we go, we go back into battle and the Lord's always like, I'm bringing it to the surface to remind you that you have authority over it so you can step into a new level. And so you start looking at these battles very differently. And I did not, I could not do this when I was 23. It's been life and time that's taught me this, but I'm like, all right, where are we going? What do we do now? Like when I sit with some of these young women and I listen to them, I think this authority cost her everything. It isn't just because she studied. It isn't just because she worshiped. It isn't like there was a cost here that her words have such an impact that she is moving and advancing the kingdom with her words. But it wasn't without some type of pain or struggle. 
I don't ask for it. I don't want it for your kids. I don't want it, but it's going to happen. And instead of thinking, where is there a hole open? Where is there an open door? Where am I letting this this Jezebel in? Just think, Jezebel's after you because she's scared to death of you. So it's kind of a compliment. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I can't say this because there's children here, but I don't have any tattoos because I'm not brave. Like, I can't commit to things. But if I did, I was going to get on my stomach like, I'm still here. And I think it'd be so great, like, when I die and I'm in the morgue and they're, you know, getting me prepared for whatever, if the <laughs> they look at my stomach and, like, I'm still here. <laughs> Just freak them out. But that's, like, that's how I live my life. I get up every morning. I'm like, I'm still here. So there's something to do. There's something to say. <laughs> I just feel like um, as you're talking, one of the things that I just heard prophetically what God was saying, um, I'm just learning about how when God comes in and, and it looks like the wrath of God, it's always about a cry for help brings him in to rescue the one who cried for help. It's such a beautiful thing. And I'm hearing right now loudly that God says, I've heard you. You wanted to make an impact. You wanted to see something. But the only way you can see something is to face something that's impossible. And so as I'm beginning to give you the gift, you complain to me, but I've heard you, and I've come in that's a God of justice. I've come in, and I know you want to see cancer healed, but that means you've got to pray for someone that has cancer, and it might, you have to be afraid that you're going to look wrong. You want to be, take on a giant and kill this thing. You want to overcome this thing, but you have to face something that says you can't do that anymore. But you have to face it, and you have to trust me, and God's going to come in and empower you with his authority to break through. So you are asking for the, for the fruit without the journey, and I've heard you, but you have to have the journey with me to have the fruit. So good. And that's exactly what I hear him saying. So I've heard you. I just hear him say, I've heard you, and I'm listening to you, and I'm moving that way. Just trust me. Yeah. We got this together. It's not the same as it was. Something's different because you trust me now. Something's different. You're not trying to do it on your own anymore. You're trying to do it with me. And you might not even be trying to do it for the same reasons you used to try to do those things. Right. So that's what I just hear. And I, and, I, and I really feel like the anointing on probably both Lisa and Danny is to, uh, their anointing is to apply what's, what God is saying, and I'm going to figure out how to do this with my life. Yes. I'm going to write the book. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to stay present. I'm going to go to church when I don't want to go to church ever again. Like, like I'm serious. Like, yeah. both you and Danny have had that. He didn't tell me that. I just, I feel this thing. And you've you got to realize, you guys, the enemy marks you where he doesn't want you to go. If you've been hurt by church your whole life, hello, he's call, God is calling you to reframe the church. What's it supposed to look like? You're supposed to be there. Stop complaining about what she looks like and be the answer. Come on. This, these two are the, those kind of, I see that right now in their life. Like you are becoming, so not coming to church, not preaching, not being the typical pastor's wife. Good. Thank God. Thank you for not doing that. Because now you're reframing what that's supposed to be with your life. And it is a journey that is hard. But to be honest, we just... We talk about it a lot, and we're applying it to our lives, but you're good at applying it to your lives, and it motivates me to want to apply it to my life better. Does that, like, so there's something on both of your lives. I can feel it right now. I don't, I'm just being prophetic, I guess, because yeah. Gary's here. Uh, he's activating the prophetic, but there's a prophetic statement. Your life is prophesying of what it could look like. So anyways, just saying that. You got anything else? That... I mean, your wife is amazing, and um, she's admired everywhere that I go. I've heard, I heard about your name before I met you. And I think that we're all refreshed 
by a real woman who's living a real life and speaking truth in love. And what I said to Danny, can I share? Oh, you can share anything. The, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, not that thing. No, that's later. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> that could freak people out. Um, <laughs> What I what I saw in her, this is and this is all that I look for in my own life is just the hurt is real. And I don't wanna I don't wanna deny the hurt. And I think we think that being like a good godly woman means being like, it's great, we're choosing joy, everything's awesome. I'm like, I don't know how to talk to you. You're weird. And I think what people are so drawn to in you is you are authentically you. And authentically you is the most beautiful thing the earth has ever seen. And everyone's craving that. And I love that you refuse to be anything but you because you are amazing and you have been hurt, but you don't smell like bitterness or anger. And that's it. it that is like the, the beauty and the, like every time I see you, I, I'm like, she's at a new level of womanhood. She's at a new level of giving out her life and at the same time continuing to speak the truth. But you don't speak the truth from a place of hate or bitterness. You speak it in love. And that's what makes you so beautiful. Stop. Wow. Come on. Wow. Ready. <laughs> we don't like actors. We just get to sit up here and celebrate ourselves. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, no. It's kind of interesting. You know what, though? I actually feel, again, these kind of things that are, I mean, they're kind of weird. You guys are watching them compliment each other, and you're like, <laughs> I get that. But that could be prophetic of what God wants to do. I, I, I think what God is wanting to do is to give you permission, like he's saying, to be in the pain, to be in your story, to be in your, don't try to avoid, let God come in and speak with your life. But I really feel like there's an activation, and this weekend's about this, to activate you to prophesy with your life. Stop letting life tell you who you are. You tell life who he says you are. Like, literally, that's the, that's the declaration. That's, and that's what you're seeing up here. You're seeing evidence of prophesying. We're telling the world who we are. It's not easy, people. But Christ's grace in us empowers us to become his word made flesh. <laughs> and that's what's happening right now. And I believe that's kind of what's... Uh, there's just like on, we're like on a cliff right now. I can feel it. We're on an edge that people need to be pushed off of. And so I don't know if you... Yeah, you got something to do? I, you, I can well, tell, like, I can what, it. just first closing here? Is that what we're doing? I think so, and we should pray over and let people okay. pray over each other and all uh, that fun stuff. But you could put First Chronicles. This is what I want to do tonight. So if you want to come tonight and get activated, I feel like this is what the Father's going to do tonight. Who's doing that? Men? All right. So uh, I, I love this. I was in a um, hotel room in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago, and it's like 3 a.m., and I can't sleep. Every time I'd go to sleep, I'd have demons eating my face, like, just being attacked by just demonic. And, you know, have you ever been in that place where you, like, shake yourself awake because you're just like, this sucks, right? And then I'm going, God, take this away, and I'm praying in tongues, and I'm rebuking it, and God's not taking it away. And finally, the last time around three, I shook myself awake, and I literally looked at the chair and just saw Jesus sitting there. He was just in the room with me. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why aren't you taking care of this? And he's like, what are you doing? Get your butt up and let's go. And I'm like, oh, that's right, we're co-partners. So I just got up, and I got this word. It instantly hit my spirit. And he said, I need an Issachar moment, a multi-generational moment. The Issachar men knew the signs of the times. They taught the theologians. They literally ushered in David's mighty men into the greatest empire we've ever known, right? They understood the signs of the time. 
And I was thinking back on the church. Remember, I know a lot of you young guys in here won't, but Y2K for our you oldies? Remember how stupid we were in the church? Like we were stocking up food and water and we're like, oh my God, it's gonna end, 1999, 2000, it's over. And nothing happened. Right, when, the, when the, the Brits were evangelized by the Romans, believe it or not, right, and when the, when the, when the um, Vikings came and attacked the Brits and they were evangelized, they were Christians, they didn't know what to do, so they just turned on each other and said, just go kill those guys over there, but don't kill us, and the Brits lost, right? It's like they didn't understand the signs of the times, and I feel like God said to me, why did I choose Abram? I chose Abram because he married a woman who was barren. He chose to not reproduce for another person. And then God made him the father of many nations. Why did I choose Deborah? And he's just walking me through why he chose people because he chose people all the way through the Bible, the arcing story of the Bible, people he could trust with the story of what he was trying to tell and people who live for others. And it's just time, I think, for A-Life to kind of step into that. So tonight I would just love to activate that in everyone's spirit, in your families, right, in this city, in Seattle, like in YWAM, right? It's just all these streams are so important, but we've gotta understand the time that we're in and not cave and bow to fear. And this is my last little plug for my boys, Andrew and Seth Barnes at AIM. Can you put that text up there? Can I just challenge you as millennials, quit whining and start discipling Gen Z?